Oh, it's you again. It looks like you've been busy since last week. I see that you've come back for more analysis, haven't you? But you still don't know who we are. You don't even know who introduced you to this podcast, do you? Why did you come back here? You're not a nice person, are you? You make me sick. Woohoo! An episode is starting to take form here. I wonder if it's a good one. These ideas don't quite seem to fit, or maybe I just don't like the way they sound. <laughs> I think our time is up. But we'll meet again. Before you go, here's four questions to ponder. Question number one. Who are these children coming down? Question number two. Whose children are they? Question number three. Who is this for? Question number four. Do you like hurting other people? of all possible worlds the first and only podcast to wear a horse mask for business and pleasure i'm the worst of all possible aj's i'm the worst of all possible brian's and i'm the worst of all possible josh's and we are excited to be joining you this week for yet another case study in the pop culture of dying empire with an episode about the pretty well-loved i would say uh yeah. indie game uh, hotline miami it's also so hard yeah it's <laughs> this game is so so like it's it's like nail bitingly difficult. This is a game that is short if you can play it. It feels like you know to all of our Zoomer listeners, you probably have no experience of this, but it feels like when you got to go to the bowling alley or the roller rink mm. or other uh, uh, relics of our time and yes. play on the one or two arcade cabinets that oh, had a right. kind of broken button, and you're yeah. always like, especially as like little kids, you were so enthralled by these fucking games that that you would lose in about thirty seconds. Like yeah. House of the Dead too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're yes. leading G over there. It's like I remember one that was at the Super Bowl because Gallup, New Mexico. This might surprise you. Had two mm. bowling alleys, and one wow. was called the Super Bowl, and it sucked. Uh, I remember one specific thing there that was the. Um, I think it was Van Halen. There was like a Van Halen shooting game. This sounds like a Hotline Miami style delusion that you had as a result <laughs> of playing Area 51. And then no, like I know what Area 51 and mind. Area 51 Site 4 are. They are different. <laughs> and those were free floating. These guns were mounted on the cabinet. Okay. Okay. It's different. Why would Van Halen have guns? It might not have not? been Van Halen. It was probably a different band, but I no, don't know. No, I know, but like why wouldn't they, they just were? kill them they with all the power the of rock or music? Why are they using firearms? Because the power of rock is is an illusion, AJ. It always oh, has been. The power like, of rock is a mysterious thing. Huey Lewis like maybe told me this that. game is also an illusion. It was Aerosmith. It was Aerosmith. Oh. I was so fucking wrong. It was Revolution X. Okay. featuring Aerosmith by That's Midway. That's somehow so much worse. Yeah. Revolution uh, X sounds like the name of a Japanese RPG, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. 
It's it, so well, sure when I does. played and neither of you have. When people talk about Hotline Miami, they talk about the difficulty, which we have mm-hmm. alluded to and we'll continue to yep. talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. They talk about the uh, storytelling and yeah. then they talk about the music. You know, really impressive soundtrack. It, it, it's from a variety of different musicians, too. It's not just all yeah. one musician. Yeah, they, they went around like just on Bandcamp while yeah. they were designing the game and just started throwing stuff in. And they were specifically looking for people who weren't as well known because they sure. knew they weren't going to have the money to pay for <laughs> like right. famous people. Well, and it is interesting, too, because they were actually in a very unique position, uh, the two designers of this game, because they had Devolver at their back. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, Devolver is a publishing studio uh, whose game output could be called uh, eclectic, I think is probably mm-hmm. the best way to describe them. Yeah. They did a game called Trek to Yumi, which is like a black and white samurai story side scroller, while at the same time producing stuff like Hotline Miami, which obviously is like a big tent pole for them. But uh, they started out doing the Serious Sam games for a very long time. It was pretty much exclusively yeah. oh, that until Hotline remaking Miami. Remaking the Serious Sam games. Yes. It wasn't like they they weren't like the Serious Sam guys. Um, the, the people at Devolver started as like an indie game publisher, kind of a smaller scale game publisher yes. uh, from a couple of different companies. Mm. And they came together and started Devolver after the failures of those companies. And one of the big things that they focused on for Devolver was they're just doing digital releases. No retail store uh, uh, release at all in order to save on costs and And et cetera. A lot of those are and were mobile games also, it should Mm -hmm. be noted. And Hotline Miami was really the first thing that wasn't Serious Sam Mm -hmm. or a mobile game. And uh, it, it launched them into the stratosphere now, right? Yeah. Like they're they're a, a they massive. They also got Fall Guys now. I think is sort of their main source of income. But well, they sold Fall Guys. Oh, they, they did. were really so, smart. I mean, they they were in charge of Fall Guys when it uh, started, and then they sold it almost immediately and made a shit ton of money off of it without having to continue maintaining. Honestly, the good for them. Like yeah. that game, I feel like peaked a couple weeks after it was released. Not not yeah. saying Fall Guys is a bad game. It's not. It's no. just not a game that has legs like something like Fortnite or something mm-hmm. like that. It was never going to be that thing. And so they got right. out ahead. But yeah, Hotline Miami was released uh, on Windows on October 23 of 2012. So this was, yeah. what, 10 and a half years ago? It now? was a very long time ago. And you only get older. But it doesn't feel that way playing it, which I think is so interesting. Well, we're going to dig no. into sort of the deeper implications of the story, but like. Mm-hmm. They tapped into something in this game that was very prevalent at the time, but I feel like most of the establishment, especially in the United States, was sort of sweeping under the rug, which yeah. is American nationalism in a very uh, prophetic and uh, frankly uh, un- uncanny way, especially because these two guys are not American. They are, in fact, yeah. uh, Swedes. Dennis Widdeen and Jonathan Soderstrom are two Swedish guys. Uh, Soderstrom is also known as Cactus or Cactus Squid. Mm-hmm. Um, all one word, Cactus Squid. Uh, and was making little like browser games, little tiny things in the Game Maker engine. And then was like, okay, well, now I need to make something where I make money. He actually had managed to get a patron who who gave him $1,000 a month for a little while so he could cover his rent. Yeah, for about but two hey, years. We have yeah. some of those. We, we, we do. <laughs> not for that amount of money. At least not from one person. We should, uh, we should do a $1,000 tier and call it the Hotline Miami tier. Yes. <laughs> if you give us $1,000 a month, we will make Hotline Miami. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Jonathan Soderstrom got together with Dennis Wedeen 
who was in the like Swedish punk scene and also working at a kindergarten and studying to be eventually become a kindergarten teacher. And they were like, let's try to make a game that makes money. And so Wadeen just looked through all of Soderstrom's like unfinished games. His back catalog, he had about 50 of them. He he had something called Super Carnage, which if you look at it now is instantly recognizable. It doesn't have the 80s theme to it, but it has right. the basic like room layout, the dogs, the people. It's all top um, down stuff like that. Yeah. The protagonist yeah. is fully nude. That's a little different, but um, yeah. oh, he's <laughs> much like me in that regard. Yeah. I don't know why you keep insisting on doing these zooms nude, Josh. It's I just, it's I very just love to become nude. Who doesn't? But you know what? The horse head is a new addition. And I got to say, I'm a fan. You want to elaborate on that at all? Or? Well, you know, it's interesting. You want to gallop I, with that? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I really do, because I think it's time for another installment of... Ooh, yeah. AJ's Horse Corner. <laughs> so there is a horse in this game. Yeah. It is a, it is a woman in a horse mask. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, she's mostly pixelated, but there is a wonderful poster of her, and... Uh, that's a that's a good looking horse. Ooh yeah. AJ's horse corner. <laughs> it's a person. So yeah. Like congrats on on feeling sexual attraction to a human being instead of an animal this time. And we don't you know have to do it. It is growth. Yeah. It's just a step in the in nope. a direction. Who's to say yeah. whether it's right or wrong? <laughs> Only God can. And he's not here. So Super Carnage <laughs> became Cocaine Cowboys for a little while. That's when they pitched it to Devolver Digital. Uh, yeah. They got the title. I, I They said they were they had been watching trashy shit like Cocaine Cowboys, which could mean one of two things. Mm-hmm. It could mean that they watched the uh, sort of reactionary 2006 documentary, which is also kind of a very good documentary. I just watched it today. Yeah. Uh, informational. Uh, has some interesting perspectives or they watched the 1979 Andy Warhol film cocaine cowboys. Oh, oh. <laughs> which is trashy in its own right. Both of these movies are on Tubi, by the way. So then somewhere along the line, uh, while they were working on it, they realized, Oh, we can't, we can't just call this cocaine cowboys because there's already the, that's already a thing that exists. That. Yeah. Even, Even though, though it's like named after like a, a term that was being used by the police and the news media and everything. But like uh, they they wanted to get around that trademark issue and just not have to deal with that. So then it it's became sort of like how early on in this podcast's development, we were going to call the show Trash Future. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we ran with it for a while. And I was like, uh, maybe maybe you should try a different name. Well, if you yeah, if you listen to episodes six through ten, when I chose the second name, you, you can tell that we had to bleep it out because I thought I, I came up with this on the spot, and I just thought Chapo Trap House sounded really <laughs> catchy. Weirdly enough, that was also a working title for Hotline Miami. Oh, okay. <laughs> was Chapo Trap House? <laughs> you you could throw almost any podcast title from the Dirtbag Left, and it would work for this game. Including Trash but future, not limited to the worst Chapo of all Trap possible worlds yeah. and the worst of all possible worlds. Yeah, yeah. five four. If books could kill. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. No cartridge? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's by Devolver Digital. There is no cartridge. You know what is by Devolver Digital? Hotful Boyfriend. And I just had to bring that up. And that was like a year or maybe two years after Hotline Miami. They have such an uncanny eye for like games that are going to be memes. 
It yeah. really is impressive. And, it's, and they didn't realize that they did until right. they until Miami happened. And then they were like, oh, we're locked in, baby. Let's go. But I go. think that the point yeah. that you make too, Brian, about like all of the development that went into this, like, yeah, they were setting out to make a commercial product, but it wasn't just a gimmick either. Like there was yeah. real considered thought behind how they would put this all together. And particularly, I think they they did a coup when it came to the advertising and marketing for Hotline Miami because mm. they produced some truly incredible trailers, like these live action trailers oh, that yeah. are, were just incredibly well shot, incredibly hyper violent, but so stylized that you're like, yeah, I want to play this game. I don't care what it actually entails. Like it's, it, it looks like you could play a Tarantino movie basically. Or a Nicholas Wendig Reffin movie. Yeah. Um, and not just because it's Scandinavian, although probably partly because it's Scandinavian. Um, yeah. A large portion of the production of this game is just these two guys. Um, Wadeen ended up in inpatient psychiatric care for a good portion of the game. He said that's where he designed all the character sprites. Uh, oh, wow. You know, they were going through it. As, as you often hear with stories about small indie game development, people who are making the very first game that they've ever made. Yeah. And, you know, they're working in Game Maker, which is a good engine for getting stuff that's small, just off the ground and done. It yeah. is not great for large, complicated things. No, and it runs they, out of memory they, real quick, apparently. Yeah, with uh, Hotline Miami 2, they ended up using up all the memory when they were halfway done with the game, and they had oh, to wow. play that whole game at like 50% speed, which might explain why it's as difficult as it is. Um, yeah. But this game went to a game showcase called Rezzed, and it stole the show. It won all the attention. You know, long before actually coming out, it was like, this thing's going to be a hit. It took off like wildfire. I'm mixing my metaphors, but that's okay. Something I'm never guilty of, Brian. No, you never even use metaphors famously. No. Yeah. You're, that's what the J in AJ stands for. No metaphors? Yeah. <laughs> that actually right. broke AJ a little bit. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Ladies sure. and gentlemen. We got him. I think your meta your metaphors are like. So Good. let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah. Brad, do you have anything more be before I kind of like move on to like getting into the game itself? No, Is there anything else the, about the development? Let's get into the fucking okay. game. Let's then get it because let's get like the goo. I'm Josh. Did you play this when it was new? I did not. Um, okay. So did you our, play this until any time before now? No. At all? No, I did not. Okay. Um, wow. I I had obviously heard about it and. I like sort of twitchy action games for the most part. This kind you of like game. 80s stuff. You like yeah. this kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say thoughts about the music and, and we can have more of these later too. like some of the songs are better than others. Uh, and, and that's due to mm. the fact that it is by such a wide variety of musicians. But I think broadly speaking, it does really do an aesthetic very well. And I think yes. that's interesting. I think games that aim for an aesthetic and mostly hit the mark are interesting. But I hadn't actually played the game, but Anne had, my, my spouse had, and had played the whole thing on a trackpad. Yeah. Hey, that's something they and I have in common. Which is insane. <laughs> I yeah. beat this game um, minus the helmet guy levels. I did not beat those. I beat the main game just playing it with trackpad on that's a fucking wild MacBook Pro 2012. So it, was, it, it was not only a trackpad, a trackpad with one button. Yes, so you can, obviously you can uh, right click, but you can't lock on. Yeah. Right. Because lock on used the uh, the scroll wheel and there was, there's no way to like reassign buttons or anything in the game. 
So I never used guns, almost never used guns when I when I played it before. And, I, and this time I played through, I was using guns the whole time. I don't know how the fuck I did it other than just being very slow and very methodical, but I still beat it in six hours. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I, I that was like the normal time to beat it. I don't know how the fuck I did it. I'm not good at games. I am usually the video game boy of this podcast. Like I... I love hard games. I I I beat my head against the wall until I conquer the sim- systems of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all those from software games and also honestly the Resident Evil 4 remake very hard uh in a way I was not anticipating. What mode did you play it on AJ? Hardcore. Yeah. That, that what word what word is in there besides core? Hard. Yeah. The thing is though they recommend that you play on that mode if you've played RE4 before. I know, and that's wild, because you should not. You should not. No. You should just do standard mode, and yep. then once you get a feel for it, then go to hardcore. But they're well, just like, that's the thing. That's the thing about Hotline Miami, right? There is no mode. Nope. Right. It, it is just this game the whole way through. And and it's it's very much, I, I drew some weird comparisons earlier to games featuring bands that I said were in the game and were not because it was an Aerosmith game. But uh, <laughs> the actual cons- comparisons are to games like Splatterhouse or Smash TV, right? Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. especially Smash TV. And this game moves very, very fast. Mm. And I think the reason it kept me playing, whereas other games make me go, no, fuck this, is that when you die, you press the R button and you are immediately back up on your feet at right. the beginning of the stage. Yeah. Which is smart. There's a few games that do this. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking about like in, in games that are kind of from this era that are very twitchy. Um, yeah. More Super hardcore, Meat Boy. quote unquote, games. Super Meat Boy. I want yeah. to be yeah. the guy is another one. Oh, yeah. AJ, how long did it take you to beat this game? I initially played it also back in 2012 using a trackpad, and I bounced off after mission four. I yeah, think four is the one that'll kill you. Yeah, four is. It's it's just it, it's so it's so difficult. And I was just like, what I said was I didn't give up on that game. I was just like, I will play this once I get a mouse, and then I never bought a mouse. <laughs> so. Uh, I it was literally until this playthrough that I finally beat the game it with a mouse me, you got two months ago with a, with a mouse I got two months ago to play Bad Mojo <laughs> for Trevor Strunk's podcast. Um, and yeah, I it turns out you actually don't even need the mouse for Bad Mojo. That was that was the joke for me. But the, <laughs> the I beat it in about five hours, five to six hours um, okay. as well. So both of you are just better at this game than me. Um, because well, Josh, when did you start playing the game? Uh, last week. Okay. I mean, like, I think, I think there's difficulty in trying to get through a game all at once. You know, like it's, it's, it's a different story. Cause I, I'm sure I did not play through Hotline Miami within a week's time. Sure. I'm sure it took me a couple of months of being like, I'm going to put this down for a while and then sure. coming back to it when I feel refreshed. And right, you yeah. already also had sort of the memory of that the most recent time you played through it again. I mean, sure. Yeah, I I, and I, I, f- I played a good portion of Hotline Miami, too, in the meantime. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I feel like once you get the systems in it, like uh, you understand the rest of the game. They do a couple of variations a little bit later on that we'll talk about that I think are very interesting changes to the design aesthetic. Uh, there's a one mission in particular where you have no weapons and it's just right. stealth getting out of there. I understand Josh, this this is out of any game that we've covered for the podcast. This has definitely the steepest learning curve of any game. And I I'm trying to I'm going to do my best to keep my gamer rage at this game in check as we talk about yeah. it. 
because there's so much going on in it that I really love mm-hmm. and I think is doing some really cool stuff. But there's some gameplay stuff that is so maddeningly yes. just convoluted that yes. I I don't know. I oof. Push Listeners, if you can't tell, if you can't tell, we are never going to do Hotline Miami 2. So no. uh, <laughs> just uh, enjoy this episode I mean, that's for the what thing. it is. I'm better at Hotline Miami 2, I found out. Brian, after this afternoon, when we got off our call, I sat down, I blazed through like half of that game. Oh my God. Yeah, did uh, you get to Hawaii? I did. I'm really good at Hawaii. Oh, suck my dick. Fuck off. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there. You are listening to a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this, head on over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash worst of all. And you can listen to not only the rest of this episode, but our entire backlog of premium episodes, bonus episodes. And if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you will get an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. Hope to see you there.